Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just a quick heads up before we get started. This podcast is a profanity-friendly space. You might want to listen to something else if you're easily offended. Let's go. Go. Two. Jab. Double jab cross. You know, I assumed I'd be one of those super fit pregnant women, smashing out boxing sessions and deadlifting heavyweights throughout the whole nine months. And there have been many days where I felt invincible, hitting the boxing pads with my coach Ben in a symbolic fuck you to all those websites that came up in my Google search that told me walking, aqua aerobics and pelvic floor exercises were my only pregnancy appropriate options. But honestly, there have also been days where walking alone has made me feel so out of breath, exhausted and dizzy that one day buying groceries at my local supermarket and in a great insult to my ego, I almost passed out at the self-serve checkout. And now that I'm in my third trimester, my legs, back and pelvis can get so achy and I feel so heavy that moving my body is like doing sled pushes up a hill. I guess that's the thing I didn't expect about pregnancy. Like everyone else, before my body started the amazing process of creating a human, I knew about nausea. It's the most common question people ask me when they want to know how my pregnancy has been. But I didn't know about the other potential changes to my body. From the really weird, like how the smell of your wee can get stronger, to the curious, such as the appearance of skin pigmentation, and the weirdly painful, like the brilliantly named lightning crotch also known as the less porn star sounding name of lightning pain. And all those bodily changes are what this episode is all about. I'm Lisa Gebulagin, health journalist, boxer, recent lightning crotch sufferer, and this is Holy Shit I'm Pregnant, an uncensored podcast for first-time mums-to-be. Like me! When Lily started kicking, and not just like the little butterfly ones, but where when she'd kick and like you could see her foot coming out, that was when I was like, oh, my God, this is like, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's Um, when I'll be like, oh, shit, there's a human in there. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) This is Chloe McLeod. She's an accredited practicing dietitian and the co-founder of Health and Performance Collective. Whenever I need an expert for a nutrition story, Chloe and her co-founder Jess are the first people I contact. Coincidentally, just before I found out I was pregnant, I'd interviewed Chloe for a story about how having a more diverse gut microbiome is associated with a decreased risk of depression. So the gut microbiome is a rainforest-like ecosystem in our gastrointestinal tract where both good and bad bacteria live. And the more plant foods you eat, the more diverse our ecosystem is. As I was researching the article, I also came across a study by the Food and Mood Centre at Deakin University that showed a link between a mother's diet during pregnancy and her child's mental health over the first few years of life. The basic takeaway was this. The healthier you eat during pregnancy, the better your child-to-be's mental health. But here's the thing. When 70% of women experience nausea during pregnancy, ranging from mild to severe, how can you eat more plant foods and be healthy when your body says no? 
That's what I wanted to ask Chloe as a new mum herself. But what surprised me when I called her was finding out that she faced the same issue when she was pregnant with her daughter too. I think I've been somewhat open on on my own socials about like I didn't enjoy being pregnant at all. Like I actually really actively disliked being pregnant. Like I felt sick and I was exhausted and I I wasn't one of those lucky pregnant people who looked really pregnant. I just looked like I'd just gained 15 kilos so I had people telling me even when I was like 25 weeks pregnant oh you don't even look pregnant I'm like yeah but I'm thanks (laughs) um so um so I actually found that I I found being pregnant quite challenging I love cooking I basically stopped cooking for (laughs) for probably about three quarters of the pregnancy because I was either too tired to or I just couldn't stomach being in the kitchen and being around the food I've got which must have been so hard for you as a dietitian (laughs) so it was really challenging it also meant that she couldn't even contemplate eating her usual go-to healthy foods particularly in the early stages when I felt really unwell my diet was like oats banana pasta that had no sauce on it like literally plain pasta and hot chips there wasn't a lot else that I was able to stomach and um, I remember Nathan going up he was like I'm gonna get fish for us for dinner it'll be really lovely and he's like um, you know do you want salmon that would usually be my my preference and I'm like nah can you just get me some hot chips I like I really can't even even the thought of eating salmon makes me feel like I might be sick and he's like okay like I'll I'll get it for you anyway and he came back with with the hot chips and I just I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast actually and <laughs> <laughs> um, I just I had hot chips for dinner and that was it and I just remember him sitting on the couch and being like who even are you it's just like <laughs> obviously not how I would normally be eating I'm like the thought of like looking at it just made me feel a bit ill. Oh, but that I was the same the first few weeks of pregnancy and yeah. I love salmon. Yeah. And just the idea <laughs> of it make me made me want to gag. Yeah. I'm like, nah, can't do it. Yeah. The other one for me was broccoli. Like broccoli. Even, yeah, like the smell of it cooking. Like I was like, it's just not it's not entering our house. Um and it would be <laughs> again one of the vegetables that's most commonly consumed in our household. But like if we like went out for a meal or something and it happened to be part of it, I'd be like, I just can't even eat the whole meal. Like the fact that it's there, like who even it are touched you? the other food. <laughs> so Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's touched the other food. I can't eat that now either. <laughs> and so, her advice for managing those aversions, satisfying those hot chip cravings, and still being healthy just do the best thing, the best that you can. So, if say for example, broccoli is really off the menu, but you're like, you know what, I'm actually still okay with spinach. Well, then great, eat spinach a bit more often than you usually would and don't go for the broccoli. And, you know, if you're really finding that salmon just isn't going to be on the menu for you, but you're finding that maybe red meat actually sits really well, we probably need a bit more red meat than usual anyway because of the iron side of things. So if that means that you're eating more red meat than usual, well, then it's, it is what it is. So just it's about finding the balance of what you're able to eat and I'm doing the best that you can and not putting pressure on yourself to, you know, have this perfect diet. Yes, there's really great research around the role of a healthy diet and the importance of a healthy diet whilst pregnant. But at the same token, it is, I think, just about doing the best that you can to to get good nutrition in as often as you can. And, you know, if there is the occasional meal where it's just hot chips that you're having for dinner, it's not going to be the end of the world. Like you're still going to have a healthy baby who's really happy. You know, a few meals here or there aren't going to going to change that. While Chloe didn't enjoy her first pregnancy, my friend April loved the changes to her body. 
During pregnancy, I was so surprised to find that I never felt more beautiful Aww. or never felt more body confident than I did during pregnancy. Yeah, now that I'm no longer pregnant, it, yes, I'm back to how I felt about myself regularly, but it was just such a beautiful surprise that I was walking around feeling like, hey, I'm doing a great thing. <laughs> I'm making a baby. Look at me go. And that was a really nice, unexpected side effect of my pregnancy. That's so nice. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it was like also hormones playing a part, but I just, just walked around and I wanted people to see my belly and I wanted to wear clothes that were somewhat like revealing of my belly. Regularly, I'm nothing like that. <laughs> That's really cool. Was it throughout your whole pregnancy or was it when you reached a certain point? I think it was probably when I began showing Mm. And then, and it grew out. I just, I liked the shape of the belly. I liked talking to the belly. Um, I liked that <laughs> getting people to touch it. Like Charlotte got a lot of hiccups in utero, so I'd always be like to my workmates, "You know, do you want to have a feel of her hiccups?" And they would be like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> um, yeah, such a point of pride. I was like, "Yes, I'm, I'm making a life." That is so nice. I have to be honest, I haven't felt that yet. I felt like the I kind of like the opposite. Well, sometimes, no, sometimes I have felt that, but mostly I feel like a bowling ball wearing a tent. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess April is another one of my former work buddies from Clio. Because the content of the magazine included many unnecessarily detailed sexcapades, we used to talk about a lot of things quite openly. I tell April about how when I first fell pregnant, it wasn't a case of me running to the toilet to spew like in the movies. That was a giveaway. Something was different, but it was my way. I'm like, my way just smells really strong. (laughs) It just smells, it just smelled different. Apparently that's because of the hormones, but you know, these are the things that I just did not expect from pregnancy yeah do you know what I think during the pregnancy I kept making notes because so much weird shit was happening yeah I couldn't believe the discharge that you get at some some point of the pregnancy it was just like a lot of stuff coming out that was surprising (laughs) Um, I was getting those spots on the face you know those little is it called melasma yeah that was one of the first things that I got yeah whereabouts is yours just on my right cheek because it came yeah. up and Brad was like, what's that on your face? I'm like, oh, and then we found out we were pregnant. So it was one of the first yeah. signs of it. Has yours gone away yet? Mine, I just have one beside my left eye and it is still there. It might have faded a little bit, but it's still definitely there. Mm. Um, mm. I think actually I've just checked and the line down my belly button has now faded. It took a few months. I did develop that line as well during the pregnancy forget what that's called Linnea Nigra or something like this um during the pregnancy I had the only thing that was of concern I think was the placenta being near the opening placenta previa oh low-lying placenta yeah yeah I had that so I got a scan and they said yeah it's kind of close but generally I mean the majority of cases it moves away by the time you give birth and so the sonographer had said that with such confidence that I never thought about it again and by the time I did have my scan towards the end, it had totally, I think it was like eight centimetres away, which is supposedly safe. I think I had it pretty good. I just had a lot of that lightning pain because Charlotte was so low and so in position really early on that 
just walking around, she'd suddenly move and it would be like, you know, being shot up with lightning and so I'd have to stop walking and take a pause. That kind of sucked, particularly towards the end. Um, but in the middle of the pregnancy, I think for five months, I did an acting course at NIDA and it was full-time oh, cool. for one week. And I was running around, tending I was various animals. It was just a really <laughs> strange thing to, to have done. I just remember thinking, oh, I hope I tell her about this one day, how she <laughs> was in the belly basically jiggling around as I did all these improvisational exercises. Since every pregnancy is different, it's really important that you talk to your health team about what you are feeling because there's every chance there's a way to treat it. You know that fatigue, dizziness and shortness of breath I mentioned earlier? When I googled it, most of the websites assured me those were totally normal symptoms of pregnancy and it kind of made me feel like I just had to live with it. But when I mentioned it to my midwife, thinking she'd just gloss over it, she got me to do a blood test to check my hemoglobin levels. Turns out I was low in iron. I started taking iron supplements, and since then, those symptoms have disappeared. The other week, the pelvic pain I was feeling was so severe that I could hardly walk properly. Again, the internet told me that it was a common pregnancy thing, with one in five women experiencing this. And listicles suggested I do things like outsource the vacuuming, and instead of walking upstairs, going upstairs backwards on my bum. Yep. When I told one of the hospital midwives, she suggested seeing a physio. The physio dry needled my glutes, gave me a few exercises to do, and the pain is nowhere near as bad. I wish I'd started seeing this physio earlier. Oh, the pain that could have been avoided. I called another of my go-to experts, Dr. Ginny Mansberg, to get a medical perspective on body changes. Dr. Ginny is a GP with a special interest in women's health. She's also the brains behind cosmeceutical skincare company, Evidence Skincare, or ESK for short. Many people already know that they're going to get bigger, they're not going to be able to see their feet and eventually have backaches. Um, but what are some other unexpected changes to our bodies that might come our way? So many. So um, I think the degree of constipation sometimes takes people off guard and they know they feel uncomfortable in the belly and at some level they know they're constipated as well but they don't necessarily join the dots but if you get morning sickness and you're constipated join that dot because you just might feel a whole lot better if you relieve your constipation your feet can get bigger you might need to go into bigger shoes so I think we've all got our heads around the fact that we're going to go into maternity bras but what the hell is the story with the bigger feet and the fact that your shoes <laughs> might need to stay bigger? It's not just a swelling thing. There's something that happens. You might go up a shoe size. Don't freak out. Sorry about that. And then there's like the myriad of things that happen to your skin from like acne for the first time in 10 years to dry, itchy skin, um, to all sorts of pigmentation. There are lots of things that happen to your skin as well during pregnancy that I don't think we talk about enough. I think everybody just thinks they're going to be nauseous and that's it. What are those skin conditions that come up? Well, I think, you know, most women are going to get some level of pigmentation, but about 70% of women are going to get some form of what we call melasma, which is 
pigmentation that really gets distributed mainly around the cheeks, particularly the outer cheeks and around the nose. Now, it might not worry you and you might just see it as um, like pregnancy freckles and I think they're super cute, but some women really don't like them. I think itches are also really common. Your skin is stretching and so a lot of women get really itchy and when you scratch a lot, if you've got sensitive skin, you might end up with a red belly and wonder whether it's one of those really serious kind of conditions of pregnancy. So I think if you are itchy, it's always worth at least mentioning it to your doctor because there are a couple of of serious ones. And then there's, of course, the stretch marks. And we all basically chuck a whole heap of money down the toilet as we're trying to prevent them. Nothing prevents them, just FYI, and getting rid of them. Feel free to moisturize. It feels nice. It feels nice to rub in, but it's definitely not going to prevent a stretch mark. And then acne, what is that? Like how come all the acne breakouts that we don't really want? So they're the main things that I see in pregnancy skin. So I've heard there's a new product out. It's like a belly mask. (laughs) Someone at work told me the other day about it. Um, Look, I'm very, very supportive of my fellow entrepreneurs, particularly when they're women. We happen to be in what we call the evidence-based space, so we wouldn't have products that don't have studies and reasonably good evidence behind them. That's not to say there's no role for a belly mask. It's just to say that you need to understand that that's not a scientific product. That's just a, so if, if you enjoy it, I don't really have a big issue in it with it. This is where things can get confusing. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has an opinion on the do's and don'ts of pregnancy, from what to eat, how to exercise, and how to address certain symptoms. I mean, Google can be a good place to start, but the best place to get your information from is a trusted health professional and support team. You've got to be really careful that something that you watch in a YouTube video is you can't put that on the same level as somebody who's you know, published data in a peer-reviewed scientific journal where the editors of the journal have sat and looked at your research from top to toe. There seem to be those two things. (laughs) And then then information like your, so you've got health journalists trying to divine the waters and some do that better than others. Yeah. And then you go come across websites where it's just quick point after quick point after quick point, really general advice. And it might not be for your situation, but the way it reads, it it kind of reads like, this is a Bible, you should, this, this is it, you know? Yeah, I agree. It can, and I think it is really tough, but I think on the whole, if there's something that's really dangerous for you and your baby, there should be something plastered with warnings and you'll find a lot of people up in arms about it. And on the whole, if you do something that doesn't work, the worst thing that's going to happen is you've wasted your money. But as long as it's not dangerous for you or for your baby, probably not going to be too much harm done. Dr. Ginny says one major thing to be wary of is hysteria, a foodborne bacterial illness which can be harmful for both you and the baby, which is why it's recommended we avoid unpasteurized cheeses, which are usually those soft cheeses, cold meats and raw seafood. According to Food Authority New South Wales, listeria in pregnancy is actually pretty rare, with around 65 cases in Australia each year. But the reason so much importance is placed on it is because out of those cases, one in five will be fatal for the developing bub, which which is why the advice on food errs on the side of caution. Then, if you're into your skincare, the other major thing to be wary of is vitamin A. 
The big one to avoid without a shadow of a doubt is your vitamin A. So you can get that on prescription as retinoic acid and you can get it in over the counter products. So uh, the most well known is retinol. There's another one called retinol palmitate. And I guess the one with the best evidence for efficacy is retinol or retinaldehyde. What we know with um, vitamin A is that if you take it orally, it is linked to birth defects for sure. What we don't know is whether putting it on your face also causes problems for the baby. But you can imagine that no one's prepared to do that study. What Mm -hmm. we do have is a couple of case studies where someone didn't know they were pregnant and they were still using vitamin A on their face. And it looked like it was okay, but doctors and and most people who sell skincare are, are too conservative to say, hey, shove this all over your face. From your perspective as a doctor, a patient's come to you, you've given them the advice and then they've gone and Googled it and then Google tells them a whole bunch of other things to be wary of. What does the patient do in that situation? Go back to the doctor and just say, hey, this is what I found or? Yeah. If you have a good relationship with your doctor and you trust your doctor, that's the obvious place to go because they have access to medical journals and doctor only educational websites that you might not have access to that will hopefully set your mind straight and often we can fill in the gaps as to why there is this conflicting information out there. I think that a lot of women are educated, interested and more than capable of understanding some of the science and coming to their own conclusions as long as you accept that these things are complicated and it's very rarely black or white. Vitamin A orally, black and white. Vitamin A topically, pretty much black and white. You're not going to find any dermatologists who recommend recommend vitamin A in pregnancy. A lot of other things is it looks okay, should be fine, but if you're worried, you make up your own mind. If you take anything away from this episode, I hope it's this. Don't rely on Google for all your pregnancy info. It can be a good start, but it is way too general. If you aren't finding the support you're looking for, keep asking questions and chat to your friends for their expert recommendations. Whether you need a women's health physio to help manage your pain or create an exercise program that's right for you, a doula or midwife to help you decipher all the different options, or a dietitian who can help you make tweaks to your food plan, there's some great support out there. The key is finding that good information and then deciding what you'd like to do for yourself. As a health psychologist I recently interviewed said, it's your body, your life, and your baby. On the next episode, we're exploring anxiety during pregnancy and how to deal when you're experiencing one holy shit moment after another. Until then, visit holyshitimpregnant.com for all the show notes and to contact me if you have any questions. I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this podcast, a massive thank you in advance for subscribing, rating and sharing with your friends. The more we talk about what's going on for each of us, the more empowered we'll feel to do pregnancy our own way. See you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.